Flight attendants, please prepare for takeoff. Stolen by Ehlers to Wheeler, back to Ehlers, scores! Kyle Connor has the Midas touch right now! Here's Patrick Laney. What a shot, wow. Exactly shoot, score! Oh, what a slick move by Mark Seifley! Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. Welcome to another edition of Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Jamie Thomas with Tyler Esquivel and Mitchell Clinton. Some news to pass your way and a nice conversation with Jets defenseman Neil Pionk on the way. But first, gentlemen, uh, big news earlier this week. Uh, Dave Lowry announces the assistant coach or one of the assistant coaches for the Winnipeg Jets. And if the name sounds familiar, uh, yes, he is the father of Adam Lowry. And, and Mitch, I start with you. Actually, the conversation was had with Adam if he was comfortable for Dave to join the coaching staff. Yeah, and that blessing was needed, according to to Dave. And and it, I think it's pretty cool that they had that conversation because, you know, there's only so many jobs in the National Hockey League, and Dave uh, was doing a fantastic job with the Brandon Wheat Kings uh, last season. But I think everybody, you know, wants to be in the National Hockey League. He had two stops in the NHL prior, and you know, this opportunity comes up. And, you know, obviously initially you would probably just want to jump at it, but I think they did the right thing here and just making sure that, you know, let, let's talk this through. Let's make sure it's the, it's the right fit at the right time. And I thought it was interesting that uh, Dave Lowry pointed out that this wasn't the first time that, that Paul Maurice had reached out to him. It was yeah. prior to the draft in uh, 2016 uh, in Buffalo where they talked about that. And at that point, Adam Lowry was just over a hundred games into his NHL career. They kind of decided that, you know, maybe it's not the best time. Let's wait till he's uh, more established and we can revisit it if uh, the opportunity is available again. And lo and behold, it was. And now Lowry's got over 400 games under his belt. And, you know, he's that established NHLer. So uh, I think there's probably going to be a little bit of an adjustment in the first few practices. And then after that, I think it kind of just depends on what uh, what Dave Lowry is going to be doing uh, specifically. Uh, in terms of if he jumps right into what Todd Woodcroft's old role used to be or if it's modified a little bit. Uh, the one thing that Dave Lauer did say is I'm perfectly happy to be on the ice with with young players, any players that want to get some extra work in. That's something that he's uh, more than happy to do. Of course, Dave Lowry uh, has already had two NHL assistant coaching stops. That was with Calgary and Los Angeles. Los Angeles previous before him taking the job with the Brandon Wheat Kings. Tyler, uh, so many places uh, to help out the Jets coaching staff. Todd Woodcraft, of course, uh, took off and joined the University of Vermont as a head coach before the return to play in the summertime. Um, but I think we can take into account what, and Mitch touched on it just seconds ago, is the great job he did in Brandon really building that program up in the short time that he was there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, it was it was a quick stop on the on the Dave Lowry coaching uh, circuit. But uh, I think kind of like echoing what Mitch said, I mean, the, the goal, I believe, for him was to get back to the NHL. And, you know, he's done that. And I think it's really going to depend on what sort of role he takes on with the Winnipeg Jets coaching staff and and how that meshes with Adam Lowry, you know, thinking about Lowry's relationship with Woodcroft. You know, it was a lot of dropping pucks after practice and working on those mm -hmm. faceoffs. And you know, I I don't I don't really see how it, this could be a you know a, a negative thing at all. I mean, this is this is a really cool thing. And you and you look at you know you talk about um, wanting Adam Lowry's blessing on this. That was sort of the first thing that Dave Lowry had said during his availability, and he also mentioned it on an interview he did with NHL Network yesterday. 
Um, you know, that was really important to him. And I think it was really important to the, to the team itself in order to just ha- make sure that was all good. Um, and then later in the day after it was announced that Dave was joining the coaching staff, Adam posted to his Instagram saying how excited he was and, you know, to have the opportunity to, to chase a cup with, with your dad. That's awesome. I mean, not many people get to say that. So, uh, you know, while people may be, you know, a bit trepidatious around the whole situation, like this is a really cool thing. And, you know, we shouldn't, you know, look at it, look at this in a negative way. This is awesome. Like a, mm-hmm. a guy who is in the NHL, the chances of that happening, making the league is, you know, very insurmountable to begin with. And then to try and do this with your dad. That's awesome. So, you know, I'm really excited for them and excited to just watch this relationship grow. And, and just, it's a great story. Um, mentioned, we're not quite sure because Dave didn't go into a little bit about what his role exactly will be on the Jets coaching staff, but he does have some success in terms of an assistant coach, the national hockey league from a special teams perspective, certainly something that Paul Maurice can lean on. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's something that, uh, you know, I remember Paul Maurice talking, uh, I believe it was a few years ago now where they kind of got the entire coaching staff together. And I think he said, we basically ripped apart the playbook or the systems book and just kind of like dove right into um, a number of things that they wanted to, to tweak. And uh, coming out of that, uh, the penalty kill was a little bit different. Uh, the power play was slightly different. How they played five on five was a little bit different. They wanted to get back to fast. So, and you take a look at what, that's just on the special team side of things. If that's yeah. something that he's going to work on and Paul Maurice in his statement with that, he provided with the, with the press release basically said, you know, he's Dave's worked in all aspects of special teams during his time in the national hockey league as an assistant coach. And he would, but you know, we, we touch on special teams. He was also uh, important for the LA Kings in terms of uh, their dramatic improvement of uh, goals against at five on or goals for at five on five. So he can also help at even strength as well. I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of these coaches that come into the NHL, sure, they have the, you know, they've got a maybe an area of expertise that they're really good at. But at the same time, you know, these are extremely well-rounded coaches that understand the game to a level that I think a lot of us can only dream of. And they've put the work in to be able to do that. So I'm, I'm really curious to kind of see if this is one of those situations where, maybe we do see a little bit of a tweak in how the Winnipeg Jets play. The only way we're going to find out is that training camp once they start getting into some, into some game action. But until then, it's a whole lot of fun to think about. That was the big news this weekend. We're still waiting for some news with regards to the National Hockey League and the NHL Players Association coming to an agreement about when the season will start and what it's going to look like. But from most reports, and the idea is, especially with the border co-host to the United States or United States coming into Canada, it looks like there's going to be an all Canadian division. And, and when you think about this really happening and some, you know, media members have always wanted an all Canadian division. I'm talking about Eric Dehatchuk, the uh, hall of fame writer uh, from the athletic, one of the guys writing about that recently, but the excitement that comes with this Tyler, and we've had some time to digest this. It's not a reality yet, but the idea of it is fantastic. In my opinion, what do you think about the possibility of the jets just playing in an all Canadian division this year? Well, I mean, first and foremost, I, the Winnipeg Jets will get to play the Vancouver Canucks a bunch of times. So hopefully we <laughs> yeah. continue that uh, win streak against them. But yes, um, you know, <laughs> in all, good. In all, Very good. <laughs> in all seriousness, I think it's a, it's a really cool opportunity to, to have that in front of you. I mean, 
you know, the Winnipeg Jets only get to play the the teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Ottawa Senators two two times a year, right? And you know, that that matchup against the Leafs is always a big one. You know, you have the the Lion A Matthews saga, and then you know who's the who's the which team is the best in Canada. And right now I'd say if you look across the the country most of the Canadian teams are all in a really good spot. You know, even look at Ottawa in the off season they had, they could do mm-hmm. some damage. You never know. So um, it'll be definitely a competitive division. There, there's no team that's going to get walked all over. Obviously, you know, the only thing I worry about, and you look at some division divisional matchups uh, that the Winnipeg Jets play typically, you know, you, you could just f- run into that one team that, that you can't beat. And if you're playing mm-hmm. that one team six times, well, that's, you know, that, that isn't the most ideal situation. You know, if, if you lose to, let's say the New York Rangers twice in, in one year, you know, be happy that you only play them twice and you can move on and forget. But in this situation might not be the case. Uh, you could run into a team that you just can't beat much like Vancouver against Winnipeg. Um, so I think it'll be, it'll be really interesting. It'll be a good way to sort of add some juice to some of those uh, matchups and, and rivalries. You know, you look back at the, the qualifying round that the Winnipeg Jets played in against Calgary. Um, you know, there'll be some fire there. Obviously, the teams have changed a little bit with free agency and trades and whatnot. But um, it'll be really fun and exciting if that, if that all comes to fruition. And you, you look at the way things could go, Mitch. So some discussions are being made about because of traveling and trying to cut down a little bit. Teams will Jets might be staying in, in uh, Edmonton for a few nights and playing a couple of games there, then moving on to Calgary and playing a couple of games there. Almost like a baseball-like schedule. Mm-hmm. And then you look into how, you know, considering how close these teams are uh, ordinarily, just those back-to-back games and how the, they change from time to time just really adds some more excitement with this baseball-type schedule should they do it. Yeah, and Paul Maurice has really talked about that over the last few years, just about how he really likes those close kind of back-to-back, almost series-style situations. Because, yeah, you do your your pre-scout leading into that first game, but then, you know, when you're preparing for that second game that's right away, it's it's little playoff-style tweaks that, that you want to do just specifically for that team. And you mentioned Eric DeHatchik a little uh, while ago. Mark Lazarus, also of The Athletic, has uh, written about this type of schedule. Uh, I believe it was a couple of years ago. He mm-hmm. and Jonathan Taze kind of dove into it and all the uh, the savings that it would have in terms of travel and um, stuff like that. So that that's also a really good piece about it. And, you know, you start to think, you know, a few years ago, Tyler mentioned the, the Vancouver Canucks. There was uh, a week leading into the holiday break where the Jets mm-hmm. were in Vancouver for like five days and they played the Canucks on the Tuesday and the Thursday or something. That was great. Like that's mm-hmm. not to say you're going to have five days in, in a city and you only play twice. Like given the the fact that the schedule is probably going to be a little bit compressed, you're going to see a lot of hockey during that stretch. But it's it's fantastic because you don't have the wear and tear on the players. Number one for the uh, for the travel and everything, and then they're able to to put forth the effort that they expect out of themselves without you know feeling that drag of you know back to backs getting into the hotel at two thirty and you know getting up at whatever time and then all of a sudden you're going to be on the ice right away so i'm really intrigued to kind of see how it goes there's been a few situations over the past few years where the jets have played a canadian team kind of relatively close to back to back it seems like the last few years that's kind of how the schedules worked out between the jets and the maple leafs um so that 
I mean, Tyler touched on that rivalry, the line, a, the Matthews just, yeah. And it's interesting. Cause I was going back uh, a lot of time to kill these days, uh, yes, going back so and much. looking at, yeah, looking at some highlights of uh, just jets and Maple Leafs. And you remember that overtime between the two teams last year yes. It was in Toronto, it was incredible to watch just the amount of skill that was involved. And then the shootout went four rounds and just name after name coming over the boards, high skill. Like it was, it was fantastic. So that took a few uh, years off my life. <laughs> it did. It did. It added, well, it added some gray hairs to my head as well. Oh, man. It was. Paul Maurice said he didn't, afterwards. he said he, he, Paul Maurice did mention after that game, he hates the games between the Leafs and the Jets because just <laughs> yes. the, all the systems seem to go out the window and it's, it's yeah. wide open, entertaining hockey for us to watch, but for a coaching staff, not so much fun. Uh, Pierre Lebrun touched on the fact with, you know, you're always looking, you know, you're trying to come up with all kinds of scenarios here. And then there's the playoff scenario. And again, if the border isn't open, then you open yourself up to the Canadian division playing, you know, playoff rounds in the first two series against each other. So that even adds more intensity to, it almost feels like the original six, except it's now the seven teams. It just, the thought of that uh, causes you to salivate even more with the possibility of more entertaining hockey that way. It just the way this is whole shaping up, and I know we're just trying to find some positivity here as we, we wait for the, annou- the announcement of when the season is going to start. But Tyler, the thought of even more Canadian against Canadian teams in the playoffs has to bring some excitement to you as well as we wait here patiently for something to happen. Yeah. And, and to go back to my, you know, rivalries point of view, I mean, yeah. who knows? There could be a fierce competitive rivalry between the Winnipeg <laughs> Jets and Montreal Canadiens like we've never right. seen before. You know, two mm-hmm. teams that you know, just kind of play each other twice a year and move on and, and and that sort of thing. But there could be a fierce hate between the two. And could you imagine a seven-game series between two teams that have played 15 times over the course of a regular season? Like, I don't, like, if there's not an assault charge at the end of that, I'm not sure. Yeah. So, you know, it... it it just, I think it'll be really, it'll be really cool and really interesting. I've thought about that playoff scenario and whatnot. And, you know, with, with the vaccine news and, and none of us are epidemiologists and you just cross your fingers and hope that, you know, I'm impressed can, you just said that word. That's all I'm like, you're a doctor oh, like already said, just being able to say that word. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of time to kill, um, yes. adding some new words to my vocabulary. Um, but you know, you just, you just hope that, you know, things start to turn around, you know, not just in the hockey side of things but just overall i think we're all tired of staring at our own four walls inside our own homes right now and hope things can get a little bit better um especially here in manitoba so um you know i I hope that that scenario of playing just canadian teams in the playoffs doesn't happen Mm. for, for those reasons but if if that's what we're presented with then i'm sure it'll be entertaining nonetheless yeah, the only numbers we want to see right now is how many games the regular season is going to be instead of what we the numbers we've been staring at recently. Uh, just had uh, Mitch and I had a great conversation with Neil Pionk yesterday uh, from Minnesota or Duluth yesterday. Uh, as always, fantastic guy. Love the decor in his house. I know you guys won't be able to see it because it's an audio thing, but uh, his girlfriend did a wonderful job with the background, the Zoom interview we had. Uh, here's Neil Pionk, Winnipeg Jets defenseman. Hi, this is Neil Pionk, and you're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. All right, uh, he is Neil Pionk, and uh, you've been with the Jets less or just over a year now, I think, and you've already been on the podcast three times. So, congratulations! You're the first time, uh, three time appearance on, on uh, uh, Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I know you're going to get asked this question a lot before camp starts or whenever it does, but uh, what has been keeping you busy uh, these past few months? Uh, 
yeah, it's, it's a lot of sitting around. Um, for me personally, I've been, you know, binge watching a couple Netflix shows, um, trying to play video games. I mean, I'm, I'm terrible at Fortnite and call of duty or whatever you want to call it, but, um, yeah, just trying to stay busy any way I can. Uh, anybody you miss in particular in the Jets dressing room that you really just can't wait to see at this point? Um, let's see. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, I think who do I miss? Yeah. I mean, you walk in the locker room and that guy's always got something to say. He's always bouncing around with a smile on his face, but, uh, we wish him the best. Certainly. Lots of changes this uh, in the off season, Neil. Uh, ordinarily, you get to meet all your new teammates right away. Um, how much you've been keeping attention or paying attention to the changes in the Jets' dressing room this upcoming season? Yeah, I think I think uh, I follow it pretty closely. So um, we've uh, we've had a couple of good additions to the team. One of the names that got added, Neil, was uh, was Derek Forbert, someone that you're familiar with. Uh, kind of what went through your mind when you saw he put uh, pen to paper with uh, with the Jets? Oh, it was, it was kind of crazy. Um, you know, we've been, we've been working out together for, uh, during this, this whole phase, even before the return to play. So, um, you know, when free agency, free agency was approaching, um, I was kind of asking him who was interested, what was going on. And, um, he never really mentioned Winnipeg and then all of a sudden, uh, it came up on my, on my feed that, that we signed him. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool. Now, shortly after he signed, he said he used to be an umpire in baseball games that you played back in the day. Did you know him then? Or was he just some guy that made the strike zone too big for your liking back then? Yeah, I, I didn't know him then. And obviously I didn't like him then either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's an alleged story. We're still trying to verify that one. He, uh, you mentioned uh, some of the the skating that you've been doing with him. Uh, he said he's been putting you and, and Dylan Sandberg through some ice sessions in Duluth. Uh, arguably, you should be charging a coach's fee, he says. Uh, does he run practices any better than balls and strike ca uh, calling? Uh, no, because I'm definitely not paying him. So, uh, <laughs> no, we've, been, we've been working together, all, all three of us, um, you know, coming up with our own drills, our own ideas, and uh, doing what we can, honestly, with a small group. But uh, it's been working out pretty good. How uh, helpful are those reps on a actual serious note uh, with not just the one new teammate in, in Derek Forbert, but, uh, but also Dylan Sandberg, who's going to be in camp uh, whenever it does uh, open. Yeah, it's, it's helpful. Um, you know, I think the main goal of it is just to, to stay, uh, stay in shape uh, and kind of stay in that hockey mode um, versus taking, you know, a lot of time off. We'd rather be on the ice um, at least four or five days a week. So um, yeah, just to, just to keep touching pucks and, and uh, keep skating with each other. It helps a lot. Neil, from the time you started playing hockey, it's been by, by schedule. You know exactly when things are going to happen every single year. How strange has it been adapting to the fact that you have no idea when things are going to start for the second time now since the return to play before the first time? Yeah, uh, very strange. Uh, like you said, we're, we're all creatures of habit. And, and um, for our whole lives, I guess, our, the season always starts in October and November. Um, there might be a little bit of variance depending on what level or, or what country you're playing in, but it's always around that fall time that you're starting up. So um, it's been an adjustment, but you know, it's, it's not only myself that's gone through it. It's, it's literally every person in the world and, and every person in the hockey world. So uh, we all just have to get through it together. You just talked about being a creature of habit. What has been taken away from you that you ordinarily do that you love to do or have to do? Well, I just think it's that, you know, when fall comes around and, and snow starts flying, it's kind of that you get that competitive nature comes out in you. And, and for, you know, the last however many years I've been playing hockey, 20 years you know 
uh, you expect to start competing and, and playing games and, and start building towards, towards whatever kind of season you're going to have. So um, I guess that's, that's kind of been taken away from me. You know, the, the snow starts flying and I'm sitting on my couch and, and not doing anything, <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's been a little different. How much different, uh, you know, you're looking ahead to, to training camp. That's probably the, the best way to kind of get through uh, kind of a, a phase like this, I guess. But when you when you do come into camp, how much different do you think is it going to feel? Not even necessarily just the fact that you're finally back in camp with everybody, but just the fact that, you know, this is now going to be your, your second season with this team. You're not coming in as the quote unquote new guy. Yeah, it'll, it'll be really exciting. Uh, obviously, I haven't met all the new guys, but um, I know I'll know most of the team going into it now. Uh, I remember going back for the, the return to play this summer is I think I described it as, you know, it was like, it was like a kid on the first day of school. You see all your old buddies and, and you meet a couple few uh, new people and, and it's really exciting. Let's go back to that, Neil. I've been in the, in the hotel with so many other teams, just like a, a tournament when, when you were growing up in minor hockey. Did you enjoy that? Did you enjoy running into guys from other teams and, and, and maybe not so much running into guys from other teams? It, it was a little awkward, um, but at the same, I think it was awkward for like the first week or so. Um, I think everyone kind of got acclimated to it, but uh, it was good. I ran into some former teammates, um, some former coaches too, uh, in that in that hotel. So it was it was good to see those guys. What are you working on when it comes to these uh, ice sessions? I believe you got another one uh, today. What are the little things that uh, that you're trying to, whether it's improve on or, or keep sharp? Um, honestly, it's just, it's just making sure my hands are intact and, uh, it's nothing systems wise. I mean, I think we only skate with probably an average of eight guys. So the good news is that like five or six of us are defensemen. So we've been doing a lot of defense and drills, um, you know, just simple stuff, shooting, uh, passing, stick handling, uh, nothing too major. Just like I said, just making sure we're staying fresh. Are you a big picture guy, Neil, or are you looking too far down the road? Are you a one day at a time kind of person? Well, one day at a time, especially in today's world, who knows what tomorrow's going to be like. So, um, yeah, just one day at a time. I mean, it's, it is frustrating not knowing, uh, what lies ahead, but, um, like I said before, I think the, the whole world is adapting and, and we all just kind of have to live with it for now. What about, you know, now that zoom interviews are such a big part of things, are you self-conscious about what's behind you when you do interviews? Cause I see a lovely photo over your right shoulder there and a nice uh, message yeah. over uh, right behind your head. So are you, are you, are you decorating more than you ordinarily would when you do this? Uh, not me. Or... Not, no, not me. That'd be my girlfriend, Kira. Uh, she's been decorating everything. So this was actually, I'm sitting in her office right now. Um, and this was actually like a storage office before the quarantine started. And we kind of just looked at each other and said, let's make it an office. So we grabbed all the junk out of here and, and she, she decorated it, not me. Um, but yeah, it, it works out pretty good for Zoom meetings. Uh, how much have you spent time with your brothers and your family now that you've had that opportunity that you ordinarily wouldn't? Yeah, fair amount. Uh, it's actually been good. My, my youngest brother is a senior in high school. Um, so he played a few games in the fall and uh, we were allowed to attend. Um, if you were a sibling, you were allowed to attend his games and I haven't been to one of his games in a few years. So, uh, that was good to see. And, and, you know, once in a while he'll come out and, and hang out here. And then I'm living with my other brother, Nate, um, whose season is also on pause. He plays division three hockey here in Duluth for St. Scholastica. And, um, same thing with him, his season's on pause and, and they're kind of waiting a uh, start date as well. You said, you know, ordinarily you're getting the competitive juices flowing. Now, does that competitive juice go be taken out on your brothers at this point? Because we all know that's the best place to take it. 
Well, of course. Uh, yeah, if even if it's like a card game, um, we learned how to play cribbage, and yeah, I'm not losing in cribbage if I'm gonna sit in the house all day. <laughs> all right, yeah, there's no escape from the chirping. Oh, sorry, deal. <laughs> all all right, right, I was just gonna say there's no. So, Mitch, you know what? Go ahead with that one. This is what happens in the Zoom meetings, and there's three people going. But go ahead with that one. <laughs> no, all I was gonna say was just there's no escaping the chirping. It's the same thing uh, in my house whenever we get out cards or anything sequence you name it i think that was what we we played over the weekend and yeah like i lost so i pretty much just had to sit with that for well yeah hours and it's just awful (laughs) (laughs) eats you alive yes (laughs) neil appreciate the time uh i promise i get you up under 15 minutes and we've met that quota uh so we're going to be in the good books by the time you get here for camp Uh, appreciate the time as always and uh, stay safe down there awesome thanks for having me guys Shop where the players shop. Jetsgear and TrueNorthShop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jetsgear locations or shop online at TrueNorthShop.com. Uh, always great to catch up with uh, Neil Pionk. And I did mention at the beginning of the interview, uh, Tyler, he's the first three-time appearance guy, uh, Winnipeg Jet, on our podcast. And he's been here just over a year. So we, we have some catching up to do with everybody else uh, in, inside the Jets dressing room when and if they arrive here in Winnipeg. Um, lots to come on our website as well. Uh, more to come on Dave Lowry's being hired by the Winnipeg Jets as an assistant coach, taking over Todd Woodcroft. Are these the type of things? And uh, what else are we looking for on the website, Mitch, to, in, in the weeks to come? Well, it's obviously November uh, Hockey Fights Cancer Month. There is a, a story on the on the site, uh, Maya's story. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly because it's a it's a great story just about her and 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 her battle and her family and the the adventure that the, that they've been through. So make sure you find that on the site. It's very easily findable. Just head to WinnipegJets.com. You'll see her nice little photo on there, and uh, it's almost impossible not to click on it and read a little bit more about it just to see some of the great work that Cancer Care Manitoba Foundation continues to do. Uh, in this province um, and then on top of that I mean there's there's a number of uh, videos available Jets prospect updates you can take a another look at that reverse retro jersey all that stuff is uh, on the site so plenty on the website as we like you said anxiously await uh, any sort of uh, announcement in regards to the season yeah well before we leave here uh, there's many articles out there about the reverse retro jerseys alternate uh, jersey in the national hockey league uh, gentlemen what did you think of the the jets effort on this one you know personally i, I think when i first saw the mock-up i i kind of was puzzled a little bit wasn't like sure how it would actually turn out in person i think you know there's always there's always a difference when you're looking at just a mock-up versus the actual thing in person and seeing it in mm-hmm. person I actually kind of like it. It's different. I mean, you don't see a whole lot of teams going with a, you know, gray as the dominant color, but I think it'll be cool. I mean, the Jets are going to wear it a handful of times. Um, You know, they have lots of jerseys in the queue right now. And I think the Winnipeg Jets jersey collection is is quite good. So um, excited to see something different, something new, Uh, you know, to sit there and criticize it at at length. it, to me, it makes no sense. There are other things to worry about in life right now. Mm. Yeah, they, that's that all ties into the time that people have at this moment. But uh, anytime you get a new jersey out there, always interested to see the reaction to it. And uh, it always looks better on some, on a player as well and, and full equipment. So that always helps the cause at this point. Uh, thank you so much, uh, gentlemen, for uh, st- stopping in and taking the time to sit in your respective offices and your homes as we get ready for the upcoming season, whenever that may be. This has been uh, Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. We'll talk to you soon. 
This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com. 